One. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And are recording episode 1023 on Sunday, December 11th, 2022 at 5.04 p.m. Eastern Time with Mr. Jeff Nyquist, who made a good point. If we have separation of church and state and people aren't following God, and it seems like people aren't even following the Constitution anymore, no pun intended, what in God's name are we following? That's that's a good question. What are we following? Well, I think there was a uh, a metaphor given by Henry Adams that um, modernity was like a runaway train. It was going faster and faster down the tracks, not knowing where it was going to go. It was either going to jump the track and smash up or reach the end of the line and smash up. And uh, it, it seems like there is some kind of uh, – if you take uh, – it is a very interesting uh, idea. You look at consciousness, right? We have intentionality. Intentionality means, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to set this up. And then we have uh, we have the fact that where did consciousness come from? You know, we have this answer which we call evolution that we give out. We claim everything is scientific, but the problem is, evolution just puts back the question. All right, if the origin of species is another species, then when you get to the first species, where does that come from? You don't get an answer. There's no answer in it. It's just putting off the question. Um, so, and of course, you end up with, you end up in theology, you end up in the beyond, right? Into another intelligence. You you can't postulate that everything came from nothing, or you end up in the in the in the situation that Socrates argued so uh, persuasively against is that the idea that life is an accident, that everything just happened. Um, no. Is it an accident that your eyes and ears and nose are at the front of your face and that that the part that that you you can take in your food and you can smell and you can see is right here and the smelly part where it all exits is on the other end of you? <laughs> That's what Socrates said. He says, you know, somebody was thinking of you when they made you, right? Everything is sort of, there's a design, there's an order in things. Look at the heavenly bodies. I mean, it's a peculiar fact of, I think we've touched on this before, that that if gravity were not exactly what it was, mm -hmm, if the feel, speed yeah. of light and magnetism were not exactly what they were, there'd be no life in the universe, in the physical universe. There'd be no life. So wait a minute. Everything was exactly calibrated. I think they call it the calibrated universe. Was calibrated so that beings could exist? Calibra calibrated by whom? <laughs> right? By an intelligence beyond. So... So if there's order in the universe, and then you have the question of human order, right? Who should govern? How should society be structured and organized? Something people have talked about for years. And I think right now, because people don't even, you know, our politicians in our system seems to be, oh, well, we'll make money and we'll use publicity and we'll get power. But there's no... The idea of order is gone. The only idea is do whatever you want. If you're a little boy and you want to be a little girl, 
you know, we'll groom you to be the opposite sex. Or we'll persuade you that you're a little girl who wants to be a little boy and we'll make sure that you've got it right and we'll change your sex if we have to. Um, this, to me and to many people, this seems a bit confused uh, because, because we don't ask fundamental questions about identity, who we are and where we came from. We have this idea of being an accident. We have this idea of evolution. It's very easy for us to not identify ourselves as, oh, I, I guess I'm a man because I was born a man. And there is such thing as men and women, and there's not 65 sexes. See, once you start saying everything's an accident, you start confusing yourself, you start moving toward disorder. And I and my thesis is that we when we, we talk about the constitution or belief in God, we are moving away from anything that constitutes order. We're moving towards chaos. We're moving towards disorder. And we're moving towards, gee, you know, I'm I'm I don't not sure I'm a human being. I want to have an operation to be a chicken. Right? Or maybe I don't like the way God arranged my face. I want my mouth up here and I want my nose down here. And I want my eyes right in the middle. I think that makes more sense. And I'm really angry at those people who are against me doing this to myself, right? I mean, what would we say about someone who did that? That there was that there is not a fundamental nature, that there is not an order in the physical universe and an order in the human universe, and there's an order that can be discovered in the mind? So what will we not try to rearrange? On what basis? On our neuroticism. And um, so, if you you if you look out today, we have all these isms, right? I mean, you can't Freudianism. You know, um, you've got historicism. You've got Leninism. You've got a capitalism. Uh, you you've got liberalism. You've got all these isms. And you know, these things only came about in the nineteenth century. I think from 1810, they started, you started getting these isms, right? You didn't, you go back to ancient Greece and there's no optimists or pessimists. There's no optimism or pessimism. They don't have a discussion. Ancient philosophers don't discuss that, right? These isms, they don't exist. Um, there's philosophy and philosophizing and trying to figure out, you know, well, where did we come from and what is death, right? What happens when we die? We talked about death before. And, uh, but we don't have any of these fundamental questions now. It's, it's as if we're living in a here and now that's cut off from all history, from all previous existence. We only exist now. There is no past. There is no order. And whatever comes into our dissociated neurotic minds, whatever obsession, whatever insanity, it's, it's as if, and I, I want to say this. It's as if we're going mad, it's as if we're going insane. And if you listen to what Putin is saying or Xi is saying or Biden is saying or anybody in the political spectrum is saying, is it not sound a little more crazy year to year than the year before? Does it? Or, or are we just being pulled along into the craziness? Hmm. What do you think? I think we are becoming progressively mad. 
Um, I, I try to wrestle with this. I try to think, is this, you know, you, you look around, you say people, someone in Brazil, I, I talked to um, uh, a guy, a Brazilian journalist about all the events in Brazil. You know, they've got the riots in Brazil mm -hmm. and all this stuff is going on. And uh, and he he said to me, he said, people in Brazil don't want to learn any philosophy. They want to be oriented. They don't want to talk about the meaning of things or where things should be headed. They just, things are bad and they just want a solution in the moment to make their life a little easier. You know, it's the, what's expedient right now, rather than the big picture trying to say, wait a minute, how did we get here? Where are we going? Is this the right direction? Um, maybe we need a little more suffering before things will get better, which is more and more what I think is that things are going to get worse before they can get better. The problem is they're going to get worse and worse as long as we're headed in this direction of insanity. And the and part of the insanity, there's all kinds of dimensions of this insanity, but the isms are part of those dimensions of insanity because what is an ism and why are there so many of them? There's like a different ism for every person. And not even the same ism is understood in the same way by the same person, right? Their liberals, their liberalism is not the same as those people over there. Their communism is not the same as those people over here. So they're all what? They're fighting. They're all like a bunch of madmen shooting each other from bell towers more and more. So you look at Putin. He's threatening nuclear war now because the rest of the world doesn't think it's right for him to invade and take Ukraine, except the moral people in America, conservatives think, oh, it's okay, he should do that because NATO's committed aggression on him and and um, he's just defending himself. So let him brutalize the Ukrainian people any way he wants, right? You, I mean, you see, you catch Two a little bit of madness. Yeah. Two right? rights make a wrong, yeah. Well, there's all kinds of madness from either side. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, and, and the thing is, because conservatives in the West hate their own society so much because it's turned its back on the on most conservatives or Christians has turned its back on the Christian God. They're kind of hoping for the end of the world, for Christ to return, for the apocalypse, for for everything. And they look at everything that Biden does. So Biden supports Ukraine, which I don't mm -hmm. think he really does. Biden supports Ukraine. Um, so Ukraine must be bad. So therefore, it's. It's just as brain dead as orange band bad. Yeah, it really is. But no one can see that because, of course, the Democrats are wrong. And it's like the fact that no, it's it requires the same absence of thought. We're back in Ukraine. Biden's in office. It's bad. Mm -hmm. There's no yeah. thought. Ukraine is corrupt. OK, yes, Ukraine is corrupt, but America's corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. What? The, they've done evil. They've done evil. So guess what? So Putin gets to spank them, even though Putin's corrupt. And he's so corrupt that his own military procurement system has cheated his own soldiers out of everything they need to be able to fight a war. Whereas at least the Ukrainians do not have a corrupt military system. They're actually there, able to fight. There is something hilarious about like, I was thinking about this yesterday. If Reagan came back from like the dead and all the Republicans are like, oh, finally a leader. And he would sit down and be like, how come you guys aren't cheering on us fighting Russia? And it'd be like, wait, what? 
Like, <laughs> well, of course, but here's the problem: we're not fighting Russia. Uh, yeah, no and, American and, and, soldiers, you know. I, I mean, it's I know. Like, this is how crazy our language gets to be. We call the Ukraine war a proxy war, but wait a minute: Ukraine is seeking its independence. Moscow wants to sub subject it to its sphere of influence, and it's seeking its independence. How is that a proxy war? We didn't even want to do anything when they took Crimea. I mean, we put yeah. in some sanctions that are not really meaningful. And the Russians get so they use it as an excuse to just strangle Europe and say, you're giving us whatever we want. We're taking all your gas away um, because Russia getting I mean, from what I can tell, Germany is hurting worse than Russia right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And what's going to happen to our banking system? But um, so here you've got people who are trying to do the right thing on principle. I mean, uh, I'm not a green Annalena Baerbock, the German foreign minister, the co-leader of the Green Party. She's an idealistic person. And she's, although I think she's totally confused, I don't believe in global warming. I don't think it's science. Um, she, and yet all these smart people do think it's science. But I say, look, it's not science. Nothing's ever proven. It's a theory, right? It's just a theory, like all scientific theories. You know, today's theory is tomorrow's in the ash can. Quackery, yeah. Right. You're going to now predicate the policies of countries. You're going to strangle the energy sector of every country on a theory that you can't in principle even prove. Um, so, but the thing is, is she's got a kind of idealistic core, Baerbach. So you've got the massacre of, of people, of Russian troops massacring innocent Ukrainians and bombing their cities. And she was not really for punishing Russia at the beginning. This is a German foreign minister, and yet she got totally converted over to it by her just humane position. So she's she's got a basic orientation. She knows a kind of right from wrong, right? And despite however confused she may be or how dangerous to the German economy she is, right, because she's a danger to her own country's economy, she wants to do the right thing in, in terms of as, as a statesman or a stateswoman, however you, you term her. Um, so you've got all these different kinds of characters like her and, and you, you know, like Trump and Biden, they're completely weird characters. What, what is, let me ask you, what do you think Trump believed? Do you think Trump is a religious guy? I think Trump is a, a populist, which isn't an original take. Right. Well, or, original is kind of sometimes in bad taste and not even That's right. So touche, touche. <laughs> Um, he's a populist, but okay. So when Trump speaks, it sounds like he believes in America. He okay. Yeah, sure. I, I would say Trump believes in, I'd say Trump believes in America. A certain vision of America. Uh, uh, Make America uh, great again. A, a 1990. And I don't even say this disparagingly because I think it's awesome too. But yeah, uh, Trump believes in a, in a, a Super Bowl fighter jet flyover McDonald's monster truck rally world police America. Um, maybe not even... world police because he doesn't really want us to be. He's not really hot about us engaging in all these war, you know, over wars the ability to be. I should clarify the militaristic ability to be world a strong, strong military. Right. He wants a strong America. He wants a great America. America could, that can do what's really needed. And he's um, he and he wants the trade. He doesn't believe in this this free trade thing where we get exploited. No, protect your protect your own country as and the other countries yeah, let's, protect let's, themselves. Let's look out for ourselves. 
Um, so, and now, now this philosophy of his, now he, he tips his hat and he, he, he's won over a lot of religious people and they call mm -hmm. him a Cyrus. You know, he's a, not a Christian, he's not a believer, but he's, you know, God has sort of anointed him in some way to, or appointed him to do something. Um, so this is, this is sort of Trump's niche, right? Politically. And now you've got on the other side, you have the, the woke leftist crowd. They want the one world, everybody trades. America kind of divests itself of its wealth and it goes and filters out to everybody and the whole third world can come here. And if they need a place to stay, let them stay in your house or whatever, or maybe they just uh, live homelessly or we give them jobs or we, they let them sleep on your, you know, who knows what they think. Let them sleep on your, uh, in your backyard. I mean, let's invite everybody. Let's open the border. Let all the criminals. No, no, no. That's a right wing idea that they're that's letting a, criminals. That's in, a racist right? bigoted term. Right. That's a race is bigger. We're letting all the wonderful people who want to come here, who are desperate to come to America, where we will give them education and all these things. And it's like, and and look at the the, the what is this year? It's going to be a seven point six trillion dollar budget. So it's like, oh, you're going to bankrupt the country. And of course, the more they're committed to taking care of the millions who can pour in here, the less they ha can really defend the country. And of course, uh, Biden wants to get rid of. He wants to get rid of our uh, land-based strategic rockets, you know, just do submarines, get rid of the bombers, get, get rid, rid of, of those, just deploy all of our armaments, rape the strategic oil reserve, everything you would do if you were, you know. Right. He's he's going to he he's for the children. The whole world, America should not be uh, uh, great. America should just be sort of plundered for the benefit of the rest of the. And I used I used a pejorative word. Shame on me. Um, what, what was the pejorative? Plundered. How's that? Oh, Jesus, I don't even want. To keep going. That's because because if I say that Biden wants us to be plundered, I'm saying something prejudicial to him. But uh... I do believe I do believe that's what it amounts to. But that's so there's the other side. So there's make America great again and make America nothing again or make a, America nothing forever. Right. Make America just a merge into the background, be a, a yeah. background character. With an and that's and that's just right. That's a forgettable just, fate. Become, right. Stop being Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie. Become an extra merge into the background. Don't be terrible. Don't be great. Right. Just Go become forgetful, but but not even to be American anymore. I mean, um, oh, of course we, not. We all, you know, the idea of identity. Talk about identity politics is kind of interesting. Identity is a funny thing. People do. People are tribal, and I think we've talked about this before. They have this tribal identity. They belong to a family. They belong to a uh, a, a a language group, English. In the case of most Americans their their background they come from european or african or american indian or asian ancestry um and and there's there's a kind of they're different tribal affiliate i mean just you go to chicago and it's funny i i have uh my my brother-in-law is italian and my best friend in chicago is irish and um and i met at my irish friend's house and they're talking 
they talk bad about the Italians and I go with my Italian, my, my sister's in-laws and they talk bad about the drunken Irish. Right. So, so it's like, I mean, and it's like all the different, you know, they got a name for every different minority. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm talking about white minorities, right? Oh yeah. No, me, yeah, make WAP. Yeah. Whatever you want. We got right. It. Exactly. I mean, this is the way they talk about each other in Chicago and it's like, wait a minute. And then, but yet you've got, it's so weird. That, that, you know, people are, if people are, if white people are tribal and have fought each other in Europe for, th- for thousands of years, since before the Roman Empire, they were fighting each other. Um, you, you've you got this thing called America where, oh no, we're going to have multiculturalism. So we're not going to be Americans anymore. We're going to be hyphenated Americans. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're people of color. And then there's the women, man thing, right? They're going to divide. So they're, so identity becomes something that is actually ironically in america identity is used to destroy identity that is the your identity as some kind of more primitive tribe or your sexual identity or whatever suddenly makes you want to attack that thing that is america and drag it down you see you see that because mm-hmm. Amer- america you know is the the sexist, racist, classist, you know, megalith that has to be torn down, you know, colonialism and imperialism and all the rest of it. And so all these other things. And so but but what it really amounts to is that um, somebody is doing this, right? Where Where did all this stuff come from? Where did all this chaos come from? It just spontaneously appeared. I don't know about you, Jeff, but I think as soon as we get rid of America, China can usher in world peace. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that because because nature abhors a vacuum and they're the next biggest military power and the next biggest economy and they have the most people. So by default, when we're gone, rationally, they will arise. And I can say without any inkling of sarcasm or cognitive dissonance that the world China will bring in will be so much better than the imperfect but world we have today with America, right? That's because that's that's what you rationally have to believe. Well, you've you, just found the solution through Kui Bono. Who benefits from this? Who benefits from the chaos, from Americans dragging their own country down, uh, cutting up their children to change their sexual identity at the age of five? Um, not believing in anything, tearing apart their own constitution, fighting each other. It's, a, it's all a, to a the country will ri- a country will rise and bring peace that requires uh, that Disney remove the black people from their billboards in order to erect them in Shanghai. That's the country that will bring the peace. Of course, China will never erect. The black people in, in Belfort's in Shanghai, will they? Well, no, they will. That's that's why. That's why they wouldn't allow Disney to tap into their market for their casting of Mulan because Mulan was going to use a, I think a, a girl from a Tibet. Oh, that's the two million Uyghurs in concentration camps. And the Tibetans have been stomped and trampled since the 1950s. What do you think is coming i mean i'd almost respect it more i mean they're demons from hell but i'd almost respect it more if they're just like yeah i just fucking hate this country and want to see a communist dictatorship i'd be like thank you for your honesty 
Like, you, yeah, you know, you're a piece you of go. shit, go burn in hell. But thank you for your honesty. It's yeah. even worse when it's the people just who I don't I don't even think it's that they've looked at China, entertained it and used cognitive dissonance to not approach or not address it. I think it's people who just haven't even gone step two, who've gone step one, get rid of America. There's what's next. Yeah, step one of America. Yeah, step one. Fuck this microphone. Fuck sure. I don't ever want to use it again. I'm getting rid of it. Tommy, what's step two? I hope you have at least another one because you have some more podcasts today. Huh? No, I haven't even not even the quality of the second microphone. Have you even addressed that there needs to be a second microphone? Well, no. And the podcast have to continue. Well, yeah, it's my job. So where are we going? Well, you see, uh, what you've, by mentioning China, you have, you know, talked about the elephant in the room, because if you, if you have a, you have society, which tends to preserve itself, you have people, people naturally have an instinct to self-preservation. They have the tribal instinct for a reason, because if they don't adhere as a group and defend themselves as a group, they won't survive. Well, sure. Yeah, that's, Somebody yeah. will take them over because the because we 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 can't no man is an island like you, Tommy. You can have uh, your own nuclear arsenal and your own tank in your garage and you're going to defend yourself. Right. The fact is, you have to be part of a group that is large enough and organized enough and committed to each other enough to have an armed forces to protect you, because there are bad people out there that could come and attack you and take all your stuff and kill you and own your mm -hmm. land and everything else. I mean, yeah. that's happened again and again in history. Uh, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, Adolf Hitler. I mean, we can go on and on. This is all part of history. Um, or people taking other people's stuff in big wars. Um, so, so now we're looking at the world now. And it is not happening in Russia or China where people are trying to break down the system. They're they're building up this authoritarian militaristic system in Russia and China and in certain other countries. And in America, it's all about breaking everything down, getting rid of the nukes, being a good example, opening your border. Who's saying, oh, China should open its border? Is anybody saying China should have an open border? Well, who's saying that? Oh, I mean, look, if America's going to have an open border, China should have one. Okay, do they agree now? Okay, now maybe we'll agree, except that China's a dictatorship, so they could have it, they could announce an open border, but it wouldn't be real. Yeah. Right? Because they're, they systematically, they do these kind of things. They lie. They claim, oh, yeah, China, we have capitalism. There's a secret party committee in every corporation telling them mm -hmm. what to do. Uh -huh. Right. So that they're not really a free. It's not really following yeah, yeah, a free member market. of the CCP on the every board of directors. Right. Exactly. So they can't. It's not free. Yeah. It's not like uh, they don't have an Elon Musk. They're billionaires. Are they had one. Like, they had like, one close Jack Ma, who they told to shut the fuck up real quick because he talked about ingenuity. We got Miles Guo, who defected, who was a billionaire. And he said there's only two way that. And of course, all billionaires, both in Russia and China, they're they're basically made by a contract with the state. Mm -hmm. It says you agree to be a billionaire. If well, why do they need market. billionaires? They need billionaires themselves to interface with our billionaires, right? Yeah, because that's part of the game they're playing against us. But you got Miles Guo, and he says, "Well, Chinese billionaire, and this is the same for Ru Russian ones, Russian like olig so-called oligarchs, is Chinese billionaire only end up in two, one of two ways: in jail or dead. <laughs> that's why he defected, I think. <laughs> right? So, and probably they came to him after he defected and said, "We can kill you. You're." 
you're not really that well protected. You have to now work for us now, or we kill you now that you've, you've run away. Um, who knows with these people? But, um, you know, uh, the, 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 we have a real problem in that we, if we don't restore order to our own thinking and order in our own society and be for ourselves, this is what why Trump, MAGA, Make America Great Again, he is tapped into this. He doesn't, he's he's a person of the disintegrated West, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the people, they don't, you look at Europe, they don't really believe in religion. They they have a hard time believing in it. They have a, we, I talked at the beginning about God and, and, and the whole basis for everything, the basis, you go back to Greek philosophy, you go back to medieval, you know, on, you know, metaphysics and then modern ontology. It's all, it all brings you back to the idea that there's something beyond that we came out of and evolution doesn't get us out of this. And that, 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 so you've got somebody like Trump who you could say he's a groper. He's saying, look, I, I want to believe this. Maybe I do, you know, um, I'm not a great Christian, whatever, but we need this. Like the new prime minister in Italy, um, she says, look, I was a single mother, but a family should be a mother and a father. Ideally, we should go for that. We should try to reconstruct our damaged societies, our damaged Western society. Um, this is constructive. But how is it that that the, the other side of pulling everything down has become so powerful? And it's so powerful in the context of Russia and China now advancing militarily toward us. And this is why when I say I don't believe for a minute that Biden is against Putin any more than I believe he's against China, because his whole career was helping the Soviet Union when he was in the Senate. He was one of three senators that were absolutely, you know, helpful to the Soviet Union. He was he was for pulling down the U.S. military. And so he's like the perfect guy like Obama like the Clintons, they represent this side of making America, you know, a smudge on the road, you know, uh, a roadkill on the road of history, right? Historical roadkill, America. We just got to make it happen because America is so bad. Um, Obama got to be president. He went around the world apologizing yeah, for us. He apologized. Um, and the thing is, is that that's fine. I, you know, if America does wrong, we should say so. I'm not a chauvinist. I don't believe in, in chauvinism or imperialism. Um, but um, but we got to be for ourselves. And the fact of the matter is, is that all these smaller countries, America is a big country, one of the biggest in the world and the most powerful economically and was militarily, maybe still is. Um, and you got all these smaller countries. And by nature, they're not big enough to defend themselves against the likes of China, most populous country in the world, and Russia, the biggest country, 11 time zones, massive resources. And you you know those countries, thank God, the Russian army has proved to be a dud because if they didn't, they could go straight to Spain all the way through Europe. You know, they could go, they could go from... Uh, you know, Kiev to Lisbon and own everything. And who would stop them? Um, because, but and so the Ukrainians stopped them. And it's like, oh, well, what would we do without the Ukrainians? Because the Germans don't have a military worth. Uh, they couldn't defend their own country, the Germans. Poland's too small, doesn't have enough brigades. Ukraine is the second largest country in Europe by area, 
it's not as big as population isn't as big as as France. I don't I think France has more. Germany has more people, but France and Germany aren't prepared. Uh, Ukraine, because of the the annexation of um, Crimea and the invasion of Donbass in 2014, Ukraine actually dedicated itself to building itself up these last eight years as they were fighting in Donbass. And they just barely did it. They stopped the Russians. These other countries. And so what are these other countries? How could they defend? It's us. It's America. We make them defensible. And now Ukraine has stood up and shown that it, with a little bit of support from abroad, they can actually do it. Mm -hmm. Which is like, so it's like, and this is, people ought to have their own life, their own country. They ought to be free, as free as they can be whatever makes sense for that particular polity. Um, how can you be against them defending themselves? And and here's the thing. Again, the contradiction that blows me away. These people on the right who are for order, for all the right things, they're against this thing. And they're for Putin. This preservation of a homeland and autonomy. And then the people on the left who are against owning weapons are for the arming of this group of people so that they can stop a government overreach. Right. And are we, and do we have the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds when we have the Democrats and the Republicans now, you know, the one group now wants to undercut our, the, the defense of Europe in Ukraine and, and the other group, which is just pretending to is supporting it because they have to because of, of appearances and might pull the rug out from under Ukraine at any minute. The other group wants to bring America down, bring the whole West down. That's its ultimate agenda. They want basically the same thing underneath that the Chinese and the Russian leaders want. They want to bring the West down. This is what what Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin hate. They hate the West, the idea of the West. And the, the problem is, is that you've got if you've got an alienated Christian conservative in the West who says, yeah, let's bring it all down because what they got in Russia is better. You got a real problem. Because you're not going to be able to how are you going to fight? You, you're going to say Putin's going to rescue you from Biden. This is what you really believe. Mm. That's some messed up politics. That's ma majorly disoriented. But then you listen to General Flynn, right? And you listen to some of these people around Trump, not Trump, but some of these people around him. And you go, what the heck is going on? I And you see, this is where psychological warfare comes in. I think Putin has intentionally proselytized. He's, he's pretended to be a Christian. Okay. Now, Putin, he's a murderer. He poisons, he used Novichok. He uses all these other things. He poisons dissidents. He's killed his own journalists. Anna Polakovsky is shot in the head. Um, he's arrested any oligarch that disagrees with him. A lot of some of these businessmen have been murdered. You know, there's a there's a there's a book called From Russia with Blood about all the murders Putin has ordered in Great Britain. It's incredible the number of people that they've murdered. So this murder, he's a Christian, right? He wants to make a Christian country. He's your friend. He likes he likes conservatism because all he has to do is stand up and say, oh, I'm, I don't like homosexuality. I don't want it in Russia. You know, and I'm a, I'm an Orthodox Christian. It's like, and you believe him. 
This former KGB officer, KGB officers lie. You know how you know they're lying. The old joke, their lips are moving. Mm -hmm. So you're going to believe anything he says? Uh, I understand why you don't believe Mr. Biden or Mr. Scholes or Mr. Macron in France. I understand why you don't believe those people. But you're going to believe that guy? That Weasley KGB officer who spent his time in Germany organizing networks to undermine the, the German government? That 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 guy is who's still part of this. He wants to take over. Still, he's allied with that little fat rocket boy in 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 North Korea. He's aligned with China. He's getting weapons. North Korea is providing him with artillery shells right now, and mortar shells are coming from China. And he's got rockets coming from Iran. I guess that's Putin's fan club. Three of the worst regimes in the world are backing his war and he's for free. He's a Christian for freedom. Do you think that the communists in North Korea and China would be backing him if he was really a Christian? And why does, why is Russia helping Nicaragua and Cuba and Venezuela and every communist regime in Africa? Why is Russia aligned in helping them? Oh, I think he's still a communist. I'd venture to say that. But you're not supposed to say so because that would make you not correct in polite society. That would make you the skunk at the garden party. Because at the garden party, all these policy wonks say, oh, well, you know, China's really our problem now, so we have to make Russia our new ally. We have to play the Russia card. As if Russia were a card. In a card game that you could just, oh, let's pull Russia out of the deck. Oh, yeah, here's the Russia card. Here, we're good. We want to play that. Putin, you don't get to attack Ukraine because we're playing the Russia card. You don't get to be our enemy anymore. This is the kind of childishness that passes for a policy with people. So, and you hear all these things. You hear, I mean, it's like there's no end to the crazy, mixed up, mad nonsense that it that comes from every. I mean, just the amount we're spending, $7.6 trillion, I'm sorry, $7.6 trillion in one year when we have a, what are we now, at $30 trillion yet? We're approaching $30 trillion in debt. Um, when do we say like, okay, we can't spend anymore because we're kind of like, it's too much? <laughs> when is it too much? Why don't we just have a $70 trillion budget? Of course, you would flatline the economy. Maybe that's the idea. But if you flatline the economy, it's like in your Joe Biden, how do you keep from maybe being shot or hanged? Well, maybe you wanted to be a dictator. Well, you'd be a pretty mad dictator, wouldn't you? Because how do you impose a dictatorship on a country that so many people are armed? And where the armed services and even your bodyguards in the Secret Service have sworn an, sworn an oath to the Constitution to uphold that constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And guess what? You would be actually demonstrating being a domestic enemy. So how would your own bodyguard not? All right, Joe, I figured out you're the enemy and I'm your bodyguard and I have a gun and you don't. I think, I think before this decade's out, we'll see either an overt or a covert with a facade of a normal election. I think we'll see a, a coup. 
and not even I would like to think it'd be good people, but I think if anything, you're just gonna have some power power hungry people in the in the military or in the intelligence community looking at going I can take power now because people hate what's going on so much. And that's that doesn't make it right, but just someone's gonna read the room and go, now's my time to ascend. Hey Jeff, I'm gonna use the restroom. And I need to turn on the heater because it is. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I'm going to comment on what you just said. Yeah, please and, do. And, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I would like to think as well that whatever happens is if that there is some kind of, of coup, that it would be people who are trying to restore uh, the Constitution and the system. Uh, but um, I I tend to, to think that that's not the way history reads. When you have these kind of things happen, generally it is opportunistic people who, as you say, read the room and come back. And uh, that is exactly right. Um, uh, because when the general culture is one of this madness, you're, what you have is just another kind, another iteration of the madness that comes into fruition. Uh, since everybody is is kind of accepted the wrong ideas or confused ideas, then any attempt to correct the course is going to be of somebody with another set of confused ideas and and somebody that is not properly oriented. And the thing is, is that you can't, and you can't have just one person uh, or just small, a small group of people maybe that have figured out what the truth is uh, because they will never have any political power. They will never have any any guns or any pull or any weight in the media, uh, since the the whole process is corrupted, inherently corrupted. Um, any solution you apply in that environment of corruption is going to be just another iteration of the corruption. It's going to be a different and maybe a worse one. Um, and that's the problem. And then then of course politically what we end up with is to choose between the lesser of two evils. So to recapitulate it, I, I agreed completely with what you said. And I said, this, this is leading to a politics of choosing between lesser and greater evils. And uh, well, among people who really can't maybe even discern what is a greater or lesser evil. I, I really do think we're, we're going to see a, a coup. Uh, a military one, or uh, or is I don't, it going to be? A... I don't. It seems. It seems like more and more as it's becoming accepted that the Constitution is not followed. I mean, again, December eleventh, twenty twenty two. We're seeing with the Twitter files, the DHS intercepts from October thirty first. We're seeing more and more that there is just a blatant disregard for even even the formalities of following the constitution. I mean, with the Patriot Act, with domestic surveillance, even the NSA going back to the seventies, the, the CIA running rough. Well, we can go ba basically it's just common decency. I mean, I saw, we, we all saw that executive from Twitter. They've been playing it on TV, replaying it from a few years ago saying, Oh no, we don't shadow ban people. We don't. Yeah. Jack Dorsey is saying that. I mean, yeah. But Jaya God was meeting with the DHS weekly on who to censor. And I, have friend, I I was shadow banned. I got up to five thousand on banned. Twitter. Yeah, you were permanently banned. Uh, and and this is no bad issue. It's merely you 
expressing your opinion. You are just a private person using your freedom of speech. And, and it turns out that there's collusion here with the Democratic Party that's controlling the government that wants to muzzle you. All of which is fine if it was a private company. And I argued that up until the leaks, even though I suspected the government was involved, I had no evidence. So I had to conclude that they are a private company. And I said, as much as I fucking hate them, you're a private company. And like Blockbuster is free to go out of business. You are free to censor people until there's a better alternative. However, we are now seeing that it is not a private company, that this is a direct arm of the U.S. government. And the first thing they do is go after political opponents. And then or is it a direct arm of the Democratic Party? Well, who, who controls the U.S. government? Right. It's clearly the, the Democratic Party. Yeah. I think what you're going to see, and it might be a worse person than Biden, you're going to see someone come out and go, they're raping your country. They're forcing vaccinations. They have dissolved any sort of a border. They are emptying out, provably, any armament stockpile and strategic oil stockpile. These people are, and even if they're lying, they go, they are clearly acting as agents of China or Russia. It won't even necessarily be a coup when the vast majority of people agree with them. Well, it could just, be a kind of uprising. You'll, I think you'll see large that. large numbers of people go out into the streets. I think you're going to see, you're going to see some fucking former CIA or some four-star general or someone who served and it's going to be... And they're just going to take it, but they're going to say the elections are rigged. No, all the machines go down on election day. And well, don't gonna... you think the CIA, unfortunately, in the Justice Department, a lot of these institutions Probably in are, on it. are controlled by the Democratic Party and part well, of this? No, no, and... precisely. But where you're going to have, and you might still have that. Right. But you're going to have someone in there going, now it comes back to just basic human self-preservation. You're going to have someone going. You might have another communist looking at Stalin and going, fuck him, I'm going to take this bitch over. Because the very core, right? we have human power. We have human pursuit of raw power. So I'm not in any way painting this as a good thing. Right. You, could see a, you could see a Kamala come out and say, Joe Biden did this, that, and the other thing. And she wouldn't be wrong. She might lead a successful coup against him. I'm not saying any of this is right. I'm just well, saying- Well, this just happened I think in Peru. The vice president well, in Peru- This happened in human history. The vice president in Peru just overthrew President Castillo together with the legislature. She's now I, the president. I think it's probable. I'm not saying it's good or just. It's bad because once you've opened the window to that, now we've just completely dropped the Constitution and it will be a military junta. But I do think that there will be a lot. I don't see it going quietly into that good night. I think there will be a last gasp, but it might be successful and it might just hasten the demise but it will go down as someone's going to come out and say political solutions aren't fixing this. This is so, and they're going to point to charts of the economy, stockpiles, and oil, and go, "This is someone who is working directly as an agent of another country." They're and they're they're controlling the election. They're not going to let you vote your way out of this. Do you want to be? And they're gonna they're gonna use intelligence, satellites, imagery of the Uyghur concentration camps, which we've had forever. And it's going to be just for the, and they might not even want to make America good. They might just want to go, I want to sit in the throne. Right. Oh, I'm sure. not saying it's good. I'm saying it's well, um Well, let me ask you, uh, that's, that's a very in interesting um, uh, idea. Do you think that that would mean a civil war? I mean, isn't the country so divided that you couldn't just simply 
somebody from one side or the other couldn't just simply say I'm taking the government without people arming themselves on both sides. I think I think it would probably be an ex-military person. And I think the vast majority of people we will still take the path of least resistance. And they would much rather just sit on Twitter and be like, this is a fucking right wing coup rather than actually take up arms. Uh, Let me describe a country for you. Uh, In this country, this is from history. In this country, they had conservatives who were um, kind of becoming second-class citizens in the country. And um, the Democrats, or you could call them socialists, because they were kind of like socialists, um, that were kind of in power all the time. They would do all kinds of unfair things to them to make sure that they didn't get any power. And they would make sure they were censored. And so finally, there comes an election. And it was in February of this particular year, they had an election and they just decided since the election was starting to go overwhelmingly with the conservatives, they just started rioting and um, they raided polling stations that belonged to conservative areas and threw out all the ballots, stuffed ballots in where they wanted to win. And um, they threatened with violence any conservatives that came out and tried to say anything about it. In fact, they murdered, they actually murdered a conservative senator who was found dead in a police van. And so they, they, they did all these things. And then they said, oh, we don't want any more Christian education. We're going to close all the Catholic schools and make all your children go to our secular schools. And you're not going to have any choice. Was it Cuba? And no. Nope. Was it 1917? Was it 1933? No, it's 1936. 1936 in Spain. And the, all the, the head of the general staff, his name was Franco, was a conservative, so they removed him. They made him commander of the Canary Islands. They took him far away from Spain. And they made sure that all the generals were left-wing generals. The only generals that weren't were retired, and some of them were sitting in Portugal plotting, how do we get the country back? And so, um, but when this senator, this conservative senator who tried to stand up to them was found dead in a police van, the whole country said, uh, and these people, the conservatives, they just accepted all these mistreatments. They did nothing. They were supine. They just were abused. And then all of a sudden, one day they just woke up when the senator died and they started arming themselves neighborhood by neighborhood started arming they called them the war of columns they were just people like you and me they just grabbed their guns and said went into the neighborhood and said we got to organize we got to organize so the spain was divided between the na- and the left went and did the same thing so that you look at a map of spain and it's all these spontaneous civilian formed militias coming out of nowhere just forming and it was that point Franco, they went to Franco and said, you got to fly to Africa. He'd been the head of the Spanish Foreign Legion. Spanish Foreign Legion was willing to join him and to get the Spanish Foreign Legion and to bring it into Spain and to then have some military formations that were raised in Portugal come across and link up with these people that have risen up to support them because the Spanish Army and Air Force were mostly in the hands of these leftist generals and they were going to they were going to defeat the uprising. And so all of a sudden you get the Spanish foreign league, then you have a full-blown civil war. Now, what's amazing to me is the way this kind of has echoes similar to what's been going on in this country, where the right is just, the conservatives are just this punching bag of the left and the elections are stolen. I think they're stolen. 
I'm sorry. I look at the numbers and I say, this doesn't make any sense. When you have this many people voting for this side, you should have more representatives coming over. What's going on? You, you, you have these questions in Arizona. You got these weird voting irregularities and weird numbers. Now, you know, maybe they've just communized in the schools. All the kids are, are voting further to the left. We know this and the country is much more confused, but you have, like you say, the border is open. They're doing everything to destroy our livelihoods ability to own a small business, and then they want to forcibly vaccinate you with an unproven, right? They, they, It's like, wait a minute, this has not been safety tested. You want to give it to everybody in the country and it's not safety tested? If there's something wrong and maybe a certain percentage of people become ill from it, you know, if you're injecting everybody, what you, you could make, you could make a quarter of the country disabled if you've made a mistake with this thing. Right. Or it could be worse if the vaccine turns out to cause cancer or something in everybody that takes it. So 20 years from now, everybody who's vaccinated starts coming down with cancer. I mean, what are you doing? Where is this? As you talk about the madness of it. So it's natural to think, like you say, that people would revolt at some point. And where would that take us? In the Spanish Civil War, they got Franco. And we know the Spanish Civil War they don't talk about the atrocities that the left did and the Stalin came in and supported the left in the Spanish Civil War and the number of people that were killed and murdered in the atrocities. There were atrocities on both sides. Franco's side committed atrocities. Falanges committed atrocities. Right-wingers committed atrocities. Um, that's civil war, by the way. That's just the way modern civil wars work now. It's not like you got Lee and Grant and you've got the chivalry mm -hmm. of Grant saying, let all the soldiers take their horses home with them, right? Yeah. Um, you've got you've got something much worse. Um, and and it is all something to be feared. I do think it there's probably gonna be a some form of a coup. I just don't see human nature not taking that i i think what i suspect is that like you see the people that came out in the Euromaidan revolution and they hit the streets and they just that was it for the government you see what's happening in brazil now where the people are not accepting this election just like yeah. in the in the orange revolution in, in 2004 in ukraine they're not accepting the revolution um you've got in china you've got a new revolutionary situation where the government's having to back down about the covid lockdowns um these things happen, and I think we're headed for this happening in more countries. Yeah. I think it could happen in Germany, Spain, France. I think it could happen throughout Europe. I think it could even happen in Russia in the midst of this war and the hardships that Putin's imposing on them. And it can happen here for the reasons that you've stated. If you get these people coming out into the street, and of course the question is, what kind of leaders emerge? And are they just another iteration of confused people, or are they going to be better? You might, you might in the fire, forge some leaders. Maybe you could, you, you, you could, I mean, America maybe has more, uh, maybe America has a few advantages left culturally, but who knows? It's, it's hard to evaluate. You know, we have, we, we also have the problem that the seriously religious people in the country tend to be very denominationally fixed. To where I've had on my website, people are always trying to bring up religion, and I and they end up in Catholic bashing 
or Protestant bashing. You got Orthodox, you got Catholic, you got different denominations of Protestants. And, you know, uh, I, I, I'm basically a, a Presbyterian. So the people say things that are really annoying to, to me, you know, theologically. So I'm not going to, what do I do? It's like, this is really annoying. It's like my, this is for everybody. This is a non-denominational site. This is not for people promoting it. This is the problem you have is that people who seriously believe in God, they've got, many of them have too many particular things that make everybody else the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So we can't go refight the wars of religion. We have to be united. And that's the problem with the right. The right is not united. And that's not just about religion. It's also about the political ideas of the right. And, um, you know, you had, at least in a country like Spain, everybody who was religious was Catholic, yeah. basically. So you, that was easy, right? But here in America, we can't use, we cannot use religion as a basis to unify ourselves because we're not religiously unified. It's impossible. It's not a politically practical solution. And if anybody tried it, they'd, you'd end up with some kind of really nasty dictatorship situation. Um, and, and of course, going back to the Constitution, when look at the judiciary and the Justice Department, are, 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 we haven't trained. Have, who has been trained? When I, this will shock you, and then, then we'll probably have to wrap up. I remember I was in graduate school at the 200th, the, the bicentenary of the Constitution. And they offered a class, which was taught by two professors on the Constitution. Two people signed up for the class, and it was considered, if you signed up for that class, your name was, uh, because you were signing up for this, uh, a class on the Constitution, and the Constitution is a nothing in the leftist, you know, this is back in 1987, you know, uh, 88. Um, the Constitution is a big nothing burger. So you're not so, so it was me, the only only graduate student that, that went to the seminar and my brother who was a senior, who was a college senior. So it was me and my brother were the only people that would go to this thing. So there was, my brother and I were the students and we had two professors. It was a great class. Yeah. Four people. Oh, yeah. But this, this is, you think about this, this is 35 years ago. And it, one of our universities, in the University of California at Irvine, and, and I remember it was a Professor Bernie Groffman did the a great job he did. He was a wonderful guy, wonderful professor. And uh, but but it's like all these leftists who were taking over the university at the time who who own it now. What do you think it is now? You've been to the university. You know what the, what is going on there. Political correctness. So just think about that. How are we going to keep the Constitution when it's been 35 years? It's been disrespected in our highest institutions of, of learning. I think you'll go so far in one direction that there will be a snap back into the other direction and it might not be peaceful. Yeah. That's a, that's a sad thing to think about. It's, again, it's logical. It's again, totally it, logical. Yeah, and again, this isn't me being a proponent of it. This is just me looking at something rationally and going, if I'm going to flip this coin, there's a 50% chance it's going to land on this side. That doesn't mean I'm married to that. It just means it's probably what's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's anything that any, that we want. No, like, it just not, seems probable. No, that this no nobody wants it. And that's the tragedy. That's a tragedy. Yeah. But um, 
Jeff, for now, we got to wrap this one up because I do have yeah. another guest, but um, we will resume and uh, I'll, I'll text you this episode when it's up tonight and we will schedule our next one. And I, I look forward to chatting with you, man. It's always a All pleasure. Right. Okay, Tommy. Thank you yeah. very much. Guys, go check out his books, his Twitter, his website. All that stuff will be J. in the description. You got it. Yeah. Thank okay. you, sir. Take All care. Right.